0: I want to start by sharing a a vision, a word, a picture that God gave to Jill Matthews back in 2013. And when she shared it this morning, she didn't share it then, back in 2013, but she shared it this morning, and I got excited because God has spoken to a number of other people about the same thing. But each time, a slightly different piece of the jigsaw piece is included. And the picture was... And it, it came back as, as Jill was praying and reading scripture and the passage we're looking at um, today. Um, it came back this morning. The, the image was of a river of God's holy presence, perfect love and grace, flowing down from where we were at the top of the hill into the village. That was in 2013. I think five other people have had that over the years. And each time God has either described a piece, the jigsaw piece with the river, being a river of his creativity, his perfect presence, bringing life and hope and grace. Some have seen it as his Holy Spirit's presence flowing down. And the jigsaw piece that was um, in the image that God gave to Jill, and she shared with me just, at the beginning of the, uh, just before the beginning of the service, was that she saw people putting up sandbags so that it could be contained and and it wouldn't flood. Can I ask you this morning, and I believe God is asking by His Spirit, don't put up sandbags to His river of His holy presence. Be ready to step into His, His holy waters. I've taken off my shoes, ready to go paddling. As a symbol, as a physical symbol, And an encouragement to each of us to not just stand and look at a river, but to take time with God next to his holy presence. But not just next to, but actually in his holy presence. We've got um, a a passage that we're going to look at before um, we uh, have a look at that. I want to just encourage you to take intentional steps this year in your discipleship journey. Um, Pick up one of these just out uh, in the reception area uh, or go and have a look on goldhill.org forward slash disciple. You don't grow as a disciple or as a follower of Jesus by accident. It needs intentionality. And then um, the theme that uh, Jackie and James have already um, mentioned, the theme for our year, and specifically our month of prayer, our 21 days of prayer, is further in, further out. An invite from God to go further into his perfect, gracious presence, into relationship with him, and to go further out with his spirit on adventures with God. And can I encourage you to take extra time over these next few weeks, to go further in, further out in your prayer times with him, to take time, extra time, to just be with Jesus. And there's more information on our website. If you go to the notice board area of our website, you can click on a link that will take you to the further in, further out information. And I want us to look at Ezekiel 47. As a passage, a launch passage. This isn't one church Sunday, it's launch Sunday, but it doesn't really have the same ring. It's not one church Sunday because we're not one church today. Because if you look around, our children and young people are upstairs having their ministries, uh, their ministry time and uh, an input. We're not one church because they're missing. We're not with them, they're not with us. But we're launching something together. And we're launching our our verse for the year and and our theme. But we're launching uh, from a passage that is about a river. I want to just start, before we read it together, by putting the whole book of Ezekiel into context. It's in the Old Testament. And it's uh, written in a time where um, Ezekiel and some of God's people have been taken into captivity or exile because they wandered away from God's way. And they are as you can see from this map, um, they're in a place, that's the red dot, a place just southeast of Babylon. This is a map of modern-day Iraq. We've put in um, Babylon and the, the red dot. And Ezekiel is by a river approximately, uh, well, around about 593 BC onwards until 571. And... He's by a river called the Chabar River or the Kabar River. It's not actually a river. It's a man-made river. What's the name for a man-made river? Who said canal? Well done, Rod. It's a canal. It's the Chabar River. And Chabar in Babylonian means Grand Canal. And he's there when God speaks to him. And we read in Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, in my 30th year, in the fourth month. I love it when um, people in Scripture say the exact time and date because we can find it in in a historical moment, archaeological um, explorations and, and in ancient history. We can find these dates. In my 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the river Kebar or Chabar, the heavens were opened. Wow. Isn't that a beautiful description? That God opens his heavens. Maybe this morning that's all you need to hear. That God opens his heavens to you. That heaven isn't shut. Heaven is open. And as the heavens were opened, Ezekiel sees, saw visions of God. On the fifth month, it was the fifth year of the exile of, of King Jehoiachin. And the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, by the river Chabar in the land of the Babylonians. And there the hand of the Lord was on him. I'm just going to pray so that we see visions from God. That we know Heaven is open to us. At the beginning of this month of prayer, the beginning of 2022, or a week into 2022, so let's just pray. God, thank you that heaven is not shut, but it is open. Give us visions from your heart. I thank you for that picture that you gave to Jill Matthews in 2013 and reminded her of this morning. And I pray that we do not put up sandbags, but we are ready, we are open, we are obedient to see what you are wanting to show us, to do uh, what you are asking us to do and instructing us to do, and to step in with great faith, not through our own strength or power, our own thinking or efforts, like that man-made river that Ezekiel was by, but to step into your presence, your goodness, your Holy Spirit's presence. Not just today, not just the 21 days, but the whole of 2022. Amen. So let's have a look at Ezekiel 47. If you want to turn um, to that in your paper Bibles or find it on your uh, phone or device, If you don't have a Bible, there are some Bibles um, just in that kind of area there. But if you um, want to just download the app, the YouVersion Bible app, there there are some very helpful versions that you can see there. um, And we'll be reading from the NIV. It'll also be on the screen. The man. Ezekiel 47, verse 1, the man. Now, this is a man who is an angelic being. It's not a human. It is an angelic being that God has used to um, lead Ezekiel and give Ezekiel visions of himself and what he's going to do over the preceding chapters. In chapter 40 and chapter 46, and also earlier on, uh, this man, this angelic being, has been revealing what God is, is wanting to show to Ezekiel. And in these last chapters of the book of Ezekiel, God is showing him restoration, what God is going to do, his perfect plan of restoration of God's people. And the man brought Ezekiel back to the entrance of the temple towards the east, sorry, towards the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me round the the outside uh, to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. Verse 3. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. That's about 530 meters. None of us use cubits these days, do we? It's about 530 meters. And then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, Do you see this? Then he led me to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the arabah That's the Jordan Valley, the valley of the river Jordan, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will, be a large, there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So, when the river, where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engeliam. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not um, be made fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruits will serve for all kinds of food. So their fruits will serve uh, for food and their leaves for healing. Ezekiel 47, as with a lot of Ezekiel, is full of vision, full of imagery, not just made up, but directly from God. I want to ask the same question that the man, the angelic being, asks Ezekiel in verse 6. He says, Son of man, do you see these things? Do you see? Why does he ask the question? It's pretty obvious that he can see it. It's a bit of a strange question. Do you see these things, Ezekiel? It's strange because he's not just seeing these things. He's writing down that he's exploring these things. He's being led through the waters. He isn't just seeing, but he's getting, in the vision, he's getting his feet wet. Not just his feet, but up to his knees. Not just up to his knees, but up to his waist. And not just up to his waist, but, well, actually, does he pause? Because he realizes that actually it's too deep. He isn't just seeing, but he's experiencing and knowing what God is showing him. But maybe the reason that the angel asks Ezekiel is he was just checking that Ezekiel had clarity because what he was showing him was brand new, was a new thing from heaven and when God shows us things, we need to check that God, it's from God and, and what God is meaning by it. And this thing that Ezekiel was shown had never been seen before. In, um, in Jerusalem, it, it was one of the few ancient cities that was not on the banks of a river. Their water supply, their fresh water supply, was from a spring and little streams that came from that spring. But there wasn't a river of expanse and of worth that fed Jerusalem. So when in Psalm 46, the sons of Korah write, there is a river that makes glad the streams of the city of God's, they're prophetically pleading and wanting and longing for a river of life to flow in Jerusalem. When Zechariah, in chapter 14, and we'll, we'll mention this verse in a few moments, um, when, when Zechariah um, prophesies from God uh, Rivers of living water will flow in Jerusalem, and they flow west in Zechariah's vision. It's a new thing. God hadn't done that. There wasn't a river that they were um, talking about apart from the new thing that God was doing. Maybe the angel is checking that Ezekiel is really paying attention. Not just that it was a new thing, but because of the impact of the river. That this river from God's, this new um, expression from God's, brought life and transformation. It had power. There was growth and provision and healing. And I pause on this verse, on verse 6, because I want to ask us the question do we see? Do we see what God is doing at the start of this new year? Are we listening to what He is saying? Do you see, do you hear, are you open to what God is saying? Sometimes our eyes can be closed because of distraction. Sometimes our eyes can be closed because we're tired and fatigued. And maybe you need at the start of this year to think about how much sleep you get. So that when God gives you a vision, your eyes are are open to him. And that when you start to pray, you don't fall asleep. Maybe eyes get closed because of cynicism or pride or arrogance or discouragement. All these things can close our eyes. And God is saying, Open your eyes. Do you see what I'm doing this year? Do you see what I want to do in you and through you as I invite you to go further in and with me to go further out? Do you see? One of the things that I love about Ezekiel is, um, and as as you read through the book of Ezekiel, there are some weird things, really weird visions. And you need to be thinking, okay, God, what are you saying through this? This real vision and beasts and things. But one of the things that I love is Ezekiel's simple obedience to God. And when God says something, he does it just going through the the early chapters. In chapter 3, God says, eat this scroll. Ezekiel says, where's the tomato ketchup? No, And he eats it. God says to Ezekiel, lie on your side, or lay on your side for 390 days. So he does it. And then 40 days on the other side. What God says to Ezekiel in these early chapters, he does. We know that He became bald because of this, because of God, because God said to him, "Cut off your hair and shave off your beards, and then put them into three different piles, because I want to teach you something through it so that you can share with others." Ezekiel goes to the cupboard, gets the scissors, starts clipping. Ezekiel heard from God, saw what God was saying, and he did something about it. So the question that I'm starting off with is, do you see? But let's not just end there. Let's see what God is doing and step forwards into it. Are you ready to step in? Following Jesus this year isn't just a looking. It's a doing following his instruction, his invite to come further in, further out, isn't just, okay, well, I've seen that. It's actually getting out of our seats, getting out of our comfort zones and saying, I'm going to go and step in to ankle depth. And maybe that's the the first step out of your comfort zone, that you go into a place with God and say, okay, God, I want to meet you in ankle-depth water. And as God meets you there and you go further into a relationship with him, further into his presence, he leads you. It's the angelic being that leads Ezekiel, but he's from God, and God leads you into knee-deep water, knee-depth in his presence, in his goodness. I wonder how deep we will go this year. Will we go out of our depth in the presence of the holy gods? It's not just what what we see, but as we step in. And there are three things I I want to share this morning. There are other things that will will come at later, later times, but three things that I want to share this morning for us as individuals and us as a church that I believe God is asking us to step into. And the first one is to step into a time of refreshing and renewal. So many of us are tired and weary. And God is inviting us to be renewed and refreshed. Guess whose feet they are? They're mine. No one answered that. On the 15th of May, 2019, I took this photo in the river Chess. And we had just, um, three months before, become um, parents to our third child. You know what happens with sleep deprivation around that time. We were working. And um, as a staff team, we joined a retreat there. And I was encouraged to stand in the river at one point. So shoes and socks came off. And I rolled up my jeans, as you can see. And I stood in. When was the last time you went in for a paddle in a river or a stream? Can you remember it? For some, it may be so long ago that you've forgotten the cooling feeling of that water. The refreshing, if it's a hot day especially, and you've been walking, and you take your sweaty walking boot off, and you step into the water for the first time, and you get that coolness coming across, not just your feet, but it goes up your legs and you just begin to cool down and begin to be refreshed. God's inviting us not just into a physical river, but into his um, holy presence Holy River, his river. This river symbolises life from God. It's flowing from the sanctuary as we see in verse, um, verses 1 to 4 and verses 3 onwards uh, to verse 6. We, we see the river flowing and getting deeper and deeper and it, it becomes about two kilometres. That would have taken, taken it from Jerusalem and from the temple over th- past the Mount of Olives. It would have been quite a distance. This river symbolizes um, life from God and the blessings that flow from his perfect presence. It's similar to the river mentioned in Revelation 22 and in Psalm 46, and as I, I um, mentioned earlier on, from Zechariah 14, verse 8. But in Zechariah's vision from God's, it's a river that will come when Jesus returns uh, and goes through towards the Mediterranean. So there's a river flowing all the way through, east and west, God's in- intent Um, to bring his goodness and his presence, his presence of life, uh, his life-giving presence, uh, both to the east and to the west. Some suggest that this river is a river of good news. It's a symbol of God's gospel, the good news of Jesus, the good news that comes from from God and brings life to all who will accept and believe that Jesus is Lord and Saviour. The river could be a symbol of his glorious presence, not being contained to the building of the temple, but um, going out, flowing and bringing life and transformation wherever it goes. Jesus, and we'll look at this passage a little bit more next week, Jesus uh, in John chapter 7 talks about streams of living water flowing from the temple of, of a believer, those who come and believe in him. All who are thirsty, he says, anyone uh, who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant his Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And up until that point, um, the Spirit had not yet been given. Is this river symbolizing God's Spirit, or God's presence, or God's good news, or all of them mixed up? in a wonderful description and symbol of God's presence and goodness. Regardless of what it symbolizes, as we step in, we will receive refreshing and renewal. Regardless of what it symbolizes, it comes from God and it brings life. As Ezekiel turns around, he sees trees coming up from um, on either side of the river and then in verse 8, it says that it flows towards the Jordan Valley. And when it enters the Dead Sea, it empties into the salty water, and the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows uh, there and makes the salt water fresh. So wherever the river flows, everything will live. What Ezekiel is describing about the impact of the river is the same impact when God's good news, God's gospel is placed as a seed within someone's heart and then grows and transforms their life. It is the same impact of when someone says, God, I want to meet you and encounter you in a new and fresh way, and God's spirit, God's holy presence comes and people experience a fresh encounter with God. Life is brought. What I love about this river is it reminds us that even dead things can come alive again when God's river, God's holy presence touches them. And God's intent, God's desire is to bring transformation to those things. The first invite to step in is to be made new, to be refreshed, receive a fresh beginning, a new start at the beginning of this year. Lay down the baggage of last year. Lay down the baggage and the hurt, the pain, the sin, the shame, the struggle that has gone on, maybe is still going on. Lay it down before Jesus at his cross and allow a refreshing and renewal to come. Take courage from these verses that a dead sea is transformed into a living, um, a living sea where swarms of fish can come. God can transform us. He can transform our marriages. He can transform our financial situations, our futures, the baggages, uh, the baggage from our past. What is it that you are bringing um, this morning or bringing into 2022 that God, um, God's word by his spirit is saying, I want to turn that dead thing into a living thing? What is it that, that um, as you bring it to the cross as you come and and kneel maybe later on by the river and say, God, I'm leaving this with you, would you bring your transforming power into that situation? What is it that God is asking you to bring? Dead things can be made alive in God's presence. It isn't just a kind of cooling, refreshing thing like stepping into a physical stream. This is whole life-giving power. The second invite is to step into purpose. I believe God wants us as individuals and as a church to have um, a greater sense of purpose this year. So much of a a working week can be taken up with maintaining our lives. In this building, in your lives, it's so much of what we do becomes about maintenance. And the adventure with Jesus that I signed up for when I became a Christian gets put on the back burner. My wife uh, went to YWAM on a DTS. Um, Christopher Castle went on a, uh, started a DTS um, three days ago. Do pray for him in Norway. And um, his brother Jonathan as well, um, helping to facilitate DTSs there. It's a discipleship training school for those that haven't. And with, with YWAM, uh, Youth With a Mission, people go and they are inspired. And it's adventure with Jesus, adventure with God's Holy Spirit. And then so often, people come back into the normality of life. And life happens. And responsibility happens. And roles happen. And... and um, Twenty, 30 years take place, and the adventures that we go on with Jesus go on to a back burner, and we're in a monotonous cycle. I believe God wants not to just give us a, a sense of identity, um, a fresh sense of identity, but a fresh sense of purpose. You're here to make disciples. You're here to worship God first and foremost. You're here to advance God's kingdom and bring kingdom life wherever he places you. Not just in the church building, but out wherever he leads you. When I was 22, I went on a short-term mission trip to Poland for three weeks. and As we got on the plane, myself and the team thought that revival was going to break out just outside Warsaw. Anyone else have a similar kind of moment when they were younger? That you could change the world, not because of you, but with God. He, he would use you to change the world. And even if he didn't use you, you were present when he did it. Or you heard about it and you're, you're part of it or something. I turn 42 next month. And I know for myself that there are times where I'm just stuck in the maintenance of life and the machine of work. I wonder if, well actually I know, because I've spoken to a number of people who are in a similar position, we've lost that sense of adventure with Jesus. Lost that sense of of fresh purpose, that when I go into work, I'm not just there as an accountant, I'm there as a kingdom life bringer. When I go to work as a decorator, I'm not just there to paint a wall, but I'm there to bring the holy presence of Jesus into that house. When I go to a coffee shop or to a supermarket I'm not just there to do my own thing, but because I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm not my own anymore. I'm his, and he may want to use me there. I believe God wants to give us a fresh sense of purpose uh, over these coming weeks and months. And as people step in further into relationship with Jesus uh, and further out with him, uh, I believe that some people who are sat here this morning or watching online will step away from centralized macro big church and start things in a small way, not despising the day of small beginnings from Zechariah 4 verse 10. And they will see kingdom growth begin in a small way, but it will expand at a rate of knots that we haven't seen in a big church before. If God is, is quickening your heart as I say that, come and speak to me after. We will pray. We will encourage and equip you in that. Some of you will be called to serve Jesus in other settings or other contexts around the world this year. Not as a missionary, because all of us, are if you're a disciple of Jesus, you are a missionary. But using what's in your hands, using your skills and experiences, and God saying, I want to use you to advance my kingdom there or here, or here. Fresh sense of purpose. At the end of our gathering, James and Jackie will commission us in Jesus' name to have that fresh sense of purpose and recapture the adventurous spirit that God has placed within us and wants us to have further and further out with his Holy Spirit this year. And if you're anything like me, when God says, come on, there's that moment of, okay, yeah, well, I'm okay to go ankle deep, but don't ask me to go out of my depth yet because I've got these roles and responsibilities. I've, I've got a family. I've got all of this. Kind of, How on earth are we going to cope with this or that? God is calling us, inviting us, um, urging us into a greater dependency on him, reliance and trust in him. None of these things that God calls us to are to be in our own strength And every moment, as we step further in and further out, will be provided for by God. As we read through the latter verses of this passage, we see God's promising provision. God promising to provide um, for, um, for people who step near his river. In verse 11 And 12 says the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh they will be left for salt fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river their leaves will not wither nor will their fruit fail every month they will bear fruit because of the water from the sanctuary flows to them their fruits will serve for food and the leaves for healing what's the thing about salt and marshes is it just one of those things that God added it in for detail he, he wanted to reach a certain standard in his literacy um, so that's a teacher coming coming back in so if you use rich description it helps no he's actually putting that on purpose so what is its purpose so the Dead Sea is a wonderful place to get salt and salt was a valuable product in those days The word salary comes originally from salt, and we can see the the link there. And when the Dead Sea is transformed, as the river of God flows into the Dead Sea, he doesn't take away the provision of his people. The marshes, the swamps are left for salt. God provides. Then in the next verse, he says, hey, don't worry, not just providing salt. And providing monthly food and fruits, leaves not withering, fruits not failing, every month they will bear fruit. As we um, are refreshed by God and He refreshes our, our sense of purpose, our, our why, there will be unwithering un- sustenance from God. As we become fishermen, well, I um, skipped over that verse, didn't I? Anyone wonder why there uh, were fishermen? Is God again just adding that description? Or is he saying that as my, wherever my river flows and brings life, there will be people that take up their position with a fresh sense of purpose, and he describes them as fishermen. Whether it's the, the gospel, people fishing for men or for people, um, whether it's uh, people... Um, Alongside the river, uh, helping uh, others come and and engage with the river. Whatever the interpretation of that, God puts people, positions people um, in partnership with him next to his river. And as we have that fresh sense of purpose, God provides for us and allows us, enables us, empowers us to become more and more dependent on him. Hudson Taylor, who um, started the mission agency that's now become known as OMF International, said and discovered to be true, it's easy to say things, but he also discovered it to be true, that God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And as we go into a year where God is asking us um, to not do things by our might or by our power, but by His Spirit, we will see God's provision as well. God invites us to greater dependency on Him. We're not going to, to see or experience that unless we step out. If we stay where it is comfortable, if we stay in the monotony, if we stay in the maintenance, we will not step into the greater dependency, reliance, and trust. Trust and faith, it it, it comes by stepping forwards. So can I invite you to go further in, further out this year? Not just over the next 21 days, but over this whole year and beyond. To go further into God's presence and further out with his Spirit to go further into relationship and commitment with with God and further out on adventures, fresh sense of purpose with His Spirit. How do we do that? Let's start by standing or kneeling and praying. And over the next um, chunk of time, as we worship God together, it might be that you want to come and stand or kneel by the river a physical image of what we have read, coming from God's holy presence, displayed for all, where heaven is open and there's an invite to come. It might be you want to come and stand or kneel by the river. It might be that just in, your, in, in a quiet moment, you say, God, I'm here and I come to you. I believe in you. I need you. I lay my baggage down. I bring you this situation that I need your transform, transforming power to be at work in. It might be that you need to stand and say, I'm stepping into the river of your provision, God's, Your strength, your power, your enabling this year. What's God asking you to do in response. Can I ask you to uh, pray with me as the band come up? Lord God, we thank you for your holy presence. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts and minds into situations I pray God through these four things that we will see heaven open and we will not just see what you are doing and um, speaking to us and not just hear things but we will as a whole church family step into the things that you are instructing us and inviting us to this year. When there is a moment uh, for us to stand still or step forwards with you, help us to all be people who step forwards. To not put sandbags up, but to step forwards into where you are flowing, to join you there. And I pray, God, that we will experience your refreshing and renewal. I pray that this year there will be marriages restored, financial security brought, and the worry released from people. I pray, God, that people will have a fresh sense of... um, your renewal of their their hearts and their identity in you, that there will be healing that is promised in this passage and promised elsewhere, that there will be healing, physical, emotional, sexual, psychological, uh, all the um, different kinds of healing that you bring. God, I pray that there will be restored lives back to you for the first time and, and also time after time that people come back to you or come to you for the first time and we will see a flow of lives transformed by your holy presence, by your good news. And God, I pray for a fresh sense of purpose in this church this year, as individuals and as a church family, that we will not just be people who maintain our lives, but we will recapture an adventurous spirit with you. And that with you, we will see the world transformed by the power of your spirit. Help us to trust in you. And be so focused in on you, Jesus. That we are sold out for you. That we're, um, we, we do, do anything for you. And for your glory. Bring us back to a that the focal point, the heart of who you are and all your goodness, all your, your wonder. Make us worshipers of you, not just in this building, but in the 166 other hours of our weeks. Bring us back into your presence, into your flow, because it's all about you. Amen.